Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship, and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host, Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. Good morning. It feels like it's been forever. I know. It does definitely feel like it's been forever. I think we have both had a lot going on. (laughs) It's funny. It's like when we said, oh, we'll try and keep on a weekly schedule, but you know what it's like. Busy mum life. Ha 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 ha. And it was like the floodgates opened. We just put it out into the universe and the universe was like, I will show you. Yeah. <laughs> it really came for us. So we thought this week, guys, we are going to do a big recap of what has been going on and where we're at in our pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Ames, let's kick it off. How are you feeling? Good, actually. Yes. Very good. Um, I'm feeling a lot physically better. So the only kind of lingering symptom I have at the moment is fatigue and I'm a bit irritable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really dealing with anyone's bullshit very well <laughs> at the moment. The fuse is short. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, I'm feeling a lot physically better. Um, don't have much of an appetite, but the nausea's all gone. That's good. So feeling like I can actually do a few things, get back on top of the housework that's been neglected for months yep. on end, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, mentally, it's been Bit of a rough trot. So mm-hmm. feeling better this week. Um, last week was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had our structural scans and everything's great. So baby looks perfect. That's so good. He's bouncing around in there. Looks absolutely wonderful. But I have PTSD, obviously, from everything that's happened Oh, previously. for sure. Yeah. And so I get some really dark, morbid, intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. that come mm-hmm. in um, <clears throat> to the point where I told my midwife about them and she went, oh, that's a bit darker than we'd like. Yeah. It, it was quite confronting. So, and I know that they're irrational and I know that they're not true mm-hmm. and I don't believe them, I don't dwell on them, but I can't stop them popping up. Yeah. So I've made a plan to see a psychologist just to try that's and good. help keep those really super dark thoughts at bay because it's yep. not like I want to hurt myself and I don't want to hurt baby, but it's these what-if scenarios. Yep. And it can be quite triggering and traumatic because a lot of, of it course. goes back to losing the baby and how traumatic that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know that at this stage the chances of losing the baby have dropped significantly. Yes. Like that's yep. very unlikely yep. now. Because um, you've just come into your second trimester. Yeah, now. so we've had all our new testing, we've had our nuchal scans, we've had our structural scans, and he looks perfect. There's That's literally so not a thing wrong with him. Um, we saw, you know, lips and chin, so we know he doesn't mm-hmm. have cleft or anything. So there's literally not a thing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is quite active every time we have a scan. Yeah. I'm still being monitored weekly for my own anxiety. So yes. I'm being heavily monitored, but not because there's anything wrong with him, just because my mental health it's kind assisting of still requires your mental moment. yeah yeah but every time we see him he's literally kicking around jumping around bouncing um i had a scan this week and he kept rolling over away from the ultrasound <laughs> like he was not playing ball but and they said to me an active baby's a healthy baby yes like, we want to see them moving we want to see they've got enough energy to be doing these things so that's all a good sign that is awesome so yeah so for me it's really just dealing with my anxiety and mental health mm-hmm. which i feel like has gotten a lot better this week like i'm feeling more at ease that things are not likely to go wrong now yeah yeah so i feel like i'm definitely coming to the other side of that but we are just going to keep monitoring weekly until the morphology scan, yeah. and by that point, I should be able to feel him as well. So yeah. hopefully, so what that week is more for you guys? Uh, I've been just over 19, 19 and yeah. half. So by that point, they've said that my placenta is at the back anyway. So yeah. I should hopefully feel him even in as little as two to three weeks, maybe yeah. some little flutters. Um, but by that 19, 20 week mark, I should definitely have some sense of his movements. Yes. And I we'll have that morphology scan. So we'll be kind of all in the clear from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that combination will completely put the anxiety a little bit more at ease. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm not sleeping wonderfully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a back sleeper normally. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I didn't think 
I was actually. I always, I go to sleep on my side, but I never realized how often I wake up on my back. Mm -hmm. And it's only that my husband pointed out to me. He's like, do you know how many mornings I come in and you actually have rolled directly onto your back? Mm. I was like, oh, that's not good. Like maybe I should start training myself to sleep entirely on my side. So I bought the pillow and it's great because it does that. If I try and roll on my back, it kind of still keeps me propped up. But then I get annoyed because I wake up and I'm like, why can't I roll over? Yeah. Oh, because there's a pillow there yeah. kind of thing. So, so you have the belly bean butterfly. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it's great. Like, I like it for falling asleep. I do have a little bump now. I find that it supports my hips and mm-hmm. stuff a bit better. But it's just I wake up in the middle of the night because I either need to pee or I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And the pillow is stopping me from getting comfortable. But the comfortable position I want to be in is not the position I should be in. Yeah. So yeah. it's just training myself to sleep on my side before it gets to a point where it would be dangerous to sleep on my back yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I know I've still got a few weeks before that kind of mm-hmm. kicks in, but if I can get myself get, out of Get that it habit trained early. early. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of trying to get through the lack of sleep a little bit because and I have this really bad habit now that once I'm awake I'm awake so yeah I that was is hard. a person who could go back to sleep and now I can't now yeah. if I'm awake at 4 30 I'm awake at 4 30 you're like all right time to get up and start my day yeah yeah so it's been fun yeah I guess like with that definitely it's hard when you're like oh my god I'm so fatigued and then obviously you open yourself up to getting other sicknesses have you been able to manage sort of your total sleep count of hours with an afternoon nap not really i am going to bed a bit earlier than i usually do okay, so i am good. quite a night out so usually mm. i'm up till 11 30 midnight every night and i am finding that now i get to 9 9 30 and i am done you're wiped yeah so i'm gonna bed yeah um and i do like even if i just lay in bed and do something restful even mm-hmm. if i don't go back to sleep mm. but if i stay in bed i'm either giving myself that chance to go back to sleep mm-hmm. or i'm still letting my body rest until it's a yeah. reasonable time to get up and do things yeah because i mean it's not just like now you're in that point where it's not just like the mental rest you also mm-hmm. need the physical rest yeah <clears throat> your body is doing so much heavy lifting oh, you don't realize that like i didn't realize how I guess fragile your mm-hmm. ligaments and tendons are at this point. So sore. And I was bending over cleaning out a cap bowl the other day, like an automated cap bowl, and I stood up and the sharp pains that went through the side, I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit, what is wrong with mm-hmm. me? And now I'm finding that if I bend too sharply or if I turn in the wrong direction or if I yes. hoist myself out of bed without thinking too quickly about what I'm doing, that I'm like, oh, my God, that really hurts. Yeah. And the midwife was like, well, it's kind of like cling wrap holding in a bowling yeah. ball. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's not well designed. Exactly. Like- and the, the other side of it is your body starts getting flooded with relaxant. Mm. So all of the bits who usually keep you where you need to be are starting to relax. Yeah. So things aren't as tight as they should be. So when you do something quickly, usually your muscle is there to support it. But because it's got this hormone flooded through mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like wiggling in the breeze. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning. I feel fine. I go about my day. I've been really trying to get on top of spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. I want to get the house sorted. You mm-hmm. know, I've just sold a bunch of furniture. I got rid of a bunch of furniture we don't need. And so I feel great during the day. But then come 4 o'clock, I'm so sore because mm-hmm. I've done so much. And I'm yeah. like, my body can't actually no. it can handle it in the moment, but it can't handle it later that day. Yeah. Like the- no, it's, it's definitely that time where you have to really give yourself a bit more grace in terms of the physicality of what mm-hmm. you're doing. Either that or you end up in a a bath of magnesium salts yep. every night. Like I've told you that a few <laughs> times. I've been messaging you and I was like, oh, I had a really full on day with Ted and I literally can't walk. Yeah. And like I have to just like crawl my way into the bath and just soak in there for a few hours because it just – you don't think about it at the time no. and then it gets to the end of the day and you're like, I feel paralyzed. Yeah, during the day I feel fine. Coming into that afternoon, evening period, mm-hmm. I'm done. Like yep. even the other day just making dinner and to my husband's credit, he's realized I think now that I'm starting to show a little bit mm-hmm. and now we've had all the scans, he's allowing himself to be a lot more involved and excited than he yep. ever has been previously. Um so you know, he's opted to start doing things like making dinner more often when he's home That's early good. and that kind of thing. And I think because he come, comes home and by that point, I'm obviously usually still sitting at the computer doing things mm-hmm. because it's four or five o'clock in the afternoon. But I usually try and finish up when he comes home and then we sit on the couch and debrief and I'm sitting there and I'm sore. Like you yeah. can see by the position I'm sitting in that I'm not comfortable. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's starting to kick in now like, oh, there's actually a lot going on and my mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. needs the rest. Like it's, yeah. I feel like I'm doing well, but then 
later on in the day my body yeah. no no you did too much again yeah exactly and I think especially as you move through the pregnancy you will get better with it yeah but especially in those early days because you're not feeling it in the moment you just go about your day as normal yeah. like the amount of times I've been caught out like doing too big a job or doing too much with Ted during the day or holding him too much when he's been really sick. And at the time, I don't think anything of it. And then by the time Ash comes through the door, I'm like a fetal position on mm. the ground. And he's like, what did you do today? I'm like, just the normal, but like my body is not yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think the stretching ligaments has been a big shock system mm -hmm. for me because at the beginning I was like, every pain, I was like terrified it was a miscarriage. Mm. And now I'm just like, oh my god i've overdone it yet again like mm. what is happening um so yeah so just kind of learning to manage not doing too much during the day when i do feel well because i regret it later yeah and just still kind of working on that anxiety and mental mm -hmm. health that nothing's going to happen to him and he's yeah. fine and he's perfect and we're all going to be fine yeah and just brace myself for a hot sweaty summer the size of a whale oh no i'm so <laughs> sorry yeah right so just remind you our listeners you're due in january yeah so technical due date is second of feb yeah um, but i am a very high candidate for gestational diabetes because i have insulin resistance already yeah. due to my pcos yeah so we're thinking he will probably be here mid to late january so yeah. i'll have november december january where i'm at my biggest and hot yeah. and uncomfortable and yeah all those fun things. Yes, because GD here in Australia with our medical system, they either tend to induce you around 38 weeks or you have a elective C-section at 38 weeks because they don't want you to have the baby for too long because it can grow too big yeah. to deliver. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see what – so we're doing what they call a HbA1c, which is basically because we monitor my insulin, my glucose mm -hmm. anyway, it's mm -hmm. a cumulative um, figure – that we get from those results. Yep. So we'll keep working off that. I will still do the glucose test anyway, yep. although there is a high possibility I will immediately fail it. So yep. <clears throat> what we will do is pretty much if I do significantly fail it, um, will glucose monitor me as well for two mm -hmm. weeks? Mm -hmm. That's when you've got the little device. Oh, yeah. Yep. And we'll work out what's triggering it, what's not. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I always thought the insurance came from, you know, eating poorly and stuff and then it shifted into a it's a hormonal imbalance it's i was gonna say i that. thought a lot of it was to do with like your pcos yeah and yeah. so that's in the, only in the last couple of years i've come to realize that it's not always like eating a chocolate bar that's spiked mm. like it could be eating something quite low carb and quite low sugar but it's just something that triggers my glucose because yeah. it's a hormonal thing and so now it's not even like obviously what i eat helps if i eat better but it's now about the hormones and the placenta and what it can mm -hmm. regulate. Mm -hmm. So not so much of my diet is really going to help yeah. this moving forward anyway. Um, so, yeah, so it's just going to be a bit more testing and monitoring of that to make sure it doesn't blow out to something significant and keeping an eye on it afterwards, obviously, because if you are a candidate for gestational diabetes or you get it, you are then at higher risk of type 2 diabetes. Oh, after. really? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So generally people who so this is what i've been told in my last few appointments generally people who have gestational diabetes have a form of insulin resistance prior right i didn't know not that have it so much that it's noticeable like yeah it might right be it's not actually affecting their everyday yeah, life so yeah. it's not just something they've picked up on it's not triggering them in the sense that it does someone with a p with pcos like mine mm -hmm. where you can notice the difference mm -hmm. um but so it starts with the incidence, then it moves into pre-diabetes or gestational diabetes, and then it moves into type 2 diabetes, right, okay. usually within three to five years. Yeah, wow. So okay. It'll be a lot of monitoring to make sure I can get that back under control mm -hmm. and not go the other way. Yeah, right. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, so we will most likely be meeting little man late January, which is fine with me. So exciting. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Yeah, right. Wow. It's yeah. been a lot. It has. It's been a... <laughs> It's been a lot, a lot. So, oh, and then just managing my medication. So yep. starting to wean off a lot of the IVF medications mm -hmm. and the supplements that I have been on, which mm -hmm. is kind of nerve-wracking because at the beginning that's what keeps him there. Like, yeah. And now that I know that, you know, the progesterone is taken mainly for, at the beginning, that corpus luteum and waiting yes. for your placenta to kick in and all that kind of thing. Yep. But now there's also evidence that, progesterone supplements can help keep your cervix closed oh okay right so yeah we had originally planned or i had 
when we first started doing IVF is that I would stop taking it around 16 to 18 weeks mm-hmm. because that's when your placenta has well and truly taken mm-hmm. over. Yep. But now we're thinking I'll probably stay on a small dose the entire way through yep. just as a precaution yep. because if it's not hurting me, why not? The yeah, exactly. Affecting is my bank account, keep, keep paying for it. But, <laughs> you know, that's what we do. Um, yeah. But weaning off all the other stuff that I'm on slowly mm-hmm. and, you know, just keeping an eye on baby, but none of it should really affect him because yep. now – He's in that safe zone and yeah. he's got his little cozy area and the placenta's... Your placenta's doing all the yeah. heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And you, obviously, like, that makes such a big difference to your energy levels as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely the last week or two I've definitely felt like I've picked up the energy again because I kind of hit that 12-week mark. So I'm like, why am I still so tired? Everyone mm-hmm. tells me you get better mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm still tired. Like, this is not fair. Yeah. And then even coming into, like... 13 weeks I was like I still feel tired but then it was like last week and I was like oh okay like I'm, I'm starting to feel better now. yeah like it's picking up yeah and it I feel like it changes kind of subtly and then you'll be sort of like a week into feeling better and you're like oh wait I actually feel pretty good yeah well I noticed just things like unstacking and restacking the dishwasher like mm. up until about a week ago at the end of the evening I was like I can't do that. I can't yeah. stand in the kitchen for another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I can't do all the bending and lifting. I'm done. Whereas this weekend I was like, oh, I just did three low dishes today and I didn't blink an eye. Yeah. Like, it just happened. So that's so yeah, good. Slowly getting back to some kind of normal. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yes. And yourself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough one. Oh, it's dear. I've had two such a rough two weeks. Like, I feel constantly guilty throughout this pregnancy because I felt so crap for the majority of it. Mm. And I know this is my last baby that I want to have. So I'm trying to be super present and appreciative of being able to have this child. But it has been such a rough trot. She's giving you a lot more grief than Ted. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I don't know if it's like a matter of like, you know, lots of people say, oh, girls make you sick, blah, blah, blah. And so many different factors like you know Ted was my first pregnancy and you're all wrapped up in like the weeks and the mm. fruit and all the things <laughs> and you're so excited and everything feels like a big milestone and it's all very exciting so I don't know if it's just that it's not like that this time around or I'm so busy with toddler life say you're chasing a one-year-old while growing the baby so that is true <clears throat> that is true and still trying to work yeah. um <laughs> which is probably a bit of a folly on my end. But anyway, so full context for our listeners that don't text me every single day, (laughs) unlike you and I. Um, So I took Ted on a play date about two weeks ago with a little friend of his. We went to this beautiful new play centre that's open up in Southport. It's literally like kid land on steroids it's so beautiful but understandably it's quite new so it was really really busy there's a lot of kids there Mm -hmm. there's lots of different age groups and that sort of thing and different play areas so that everyone's in like an area with their sort of similar age group yeah exactly so we went along to that had a really great time probably there for about like two three hours that's fine. Come the weekend, he just is so irritable. He starts getting crazy fevers. He starts crying for no reason. He's sleeping a lot more during the day. He's waking up through the night and he starts to develop a little bit of a cough. And I was like, oh, this doesn't seem good. So I messaged my friend who I went with and she's like, oh, yeah, no, um, the little baby that we went with, she's like, oh, yeah, he's really sick. He's got um, RSV and another respiratory mm-hmm. infection on top of that. And I was like, oh, my God. So we managed to get through the weekend with him, manages fever through painkillers, and then it he seemed to kind of come good by, like, Monday, Tuesday. And I was like, okay, we just had, like, a few quiet days at home. That was all fine. And then we kind of continued to move through the week and I just felt like he wasn't quite himself yet. Like he wasn't quite getting better. So then come sort of like the weekend, he started to develop this really raspy cough Mm. and I started to get a bit scared. 
Yeah. Because Ted is not in daycare, so he doesn't pick up every little, little cold bug. flu and everything. He's had like maybe one cold, I think, like, and he's 15 months. So I started to get a bit stressed. We ended up taking him to the doctor. They did a swab mm. because obviously there's so many things flying around. It's winter here on the Gold Coast. And although it doesn't get really cold, there's still a lot of bugs flying around. Yeah. So they do the swab. They come back to me 24 hours later and they're like, yep, yeah, it's definitely RSV. Mm. So we, my GP was amazing. I found this new GP and he was really gentle, great bedside manner. The clinic was like beautiful and really close to home, which was nice. So he's like, I'm going to send you this script, go straight to your chemist and go and get this. So Ted actually has been on steroids for three days now. Yeah just to help him sleep through the night because he wasn't sleeping through the night. My GP was like, you need to sleep through the night because you're pregnant and you're not going to be sleeping in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that you guys are both rested and you both get through it. As you can hear, I've obviously picked up a milder form of what he had, but sort of as he came out of his sickness, I kind of developed a cold from that. Mm -hmm. So I had 24 hours of fevers and then they sort of subsided. And now I've got this kind of lingering cough, cold, sneezy business. I'm not contagious or anything, but it just hasn't cleared through my system. And it's going around like you can probably hear that I'm clearing my throat and I had a cold four weeks ago yeah. now and it just the cough stays like it, it doesn't does. go anywhere yeah so all of that happened with ted so we've had about two weeks at home as we've been trying to allow his immune system to get back on board run through the medication and then me to have the same but i can't take anything yeah. for mine on top of all of that <laughs> a couple maybe like a week before ted got sick I got thrush and that's super, super common in pregnancy. Every pregnancy will probably get it at some point. It's just, there's so much going on in the whole body. Sometimes your body just does this. So I ended up with that. I was like, cool, no worries. I know how to sort this out. Went to my chemist, said I'm pregnant. This is where I'm at. This is what I need, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, okay, cool, no worries. Goes off and has a chat with a pharmacist. Pharmacist is like, oh yeah, use this. And I came home and I was like, oh, it's a bit different to what my OB had given me during my first pregnancy with Ted. Same thing had happened. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just do what they think I should do. A couple of days go past, do the meds, all good. It seems to be all fine. And then a couple of days after I thought everything was all good, I started leaking some kind of liquid and I was like, oh, it's a bit weird, but I don't know, maybe I'm just like, honestly, in my head, I was like, oh, I guess I just, I'm sweaty. Yeah, like, and that happens. Am I just sweaty? That's gross and weird. But anyway, so I didn't tell anyone. I was like, oh, I'm sure this is fine. And then by the weekend, I was losing quite a lot of liquid and I started to get stressed because I was like, we're at 28 weeks. This seems like it shouldn't be happening. And I was terrified that maybe my waters were very, very slowly leaking. Yeah. So you can have a ruptured membrane, yeah. which means that you would be losing water around the baby. And if that's happening, it can be quite consequential for the baby. Yeah. By the Saturday, I'm starting to get a little bit stressed because it's like over the course of the week, the waters had gotten more and more and more. So by Saturday, Hubs is off at work and I call my mum and I'm like, mum, this is what's happening. And she was like, okay, great. So can you call your maternity ward now and your dad and I will come over and grab Ted? I'm like, oh, do you think it's that serious? She's like, no, I really do. Well, and it's always better safe than sorry. Like you're at a point where you still don't want to go into preterm labour. Oh, it's God, not no. a point where it's, you know, you're past the point of viability, but you're not at a safe point if that's what was happening. So no. you definitely want to get it checked out. Yeah. You know, there are things they can do to treat preterm labour if that's oh, what absolutely. it is and all those kind of things. So yeah. definitely better to have it checked out. Yeah, exactly. So mum's like, nope, we'll be there in the hour. Get yourself ready. Go to the hospital. Do you want your dad to drive us? Like, you know, she was like full mumming mode, <laughs> which was so nice. So I call Hubs and I'm like, hey, I think like I should probably go to the hospital. Like this is on a Saturday as well. So I was like, oh, our maternity ward's open, but my OB clinic is closed. So she would be on call over the weekend, but I couldn't just call her rooms and be like, hey, can you check me? Mm. So they're like, nope, that's okay. Come straight in. 
Hubs comes home from work, he takes me to the hospital. We leave Ted with my parents. We're only there for about two hours, which is good. So, you know, they put the monitors on, they make sure everything's going okay with Bub. She is perfect in terms of heartbeat. She's running around like a maniac, <laughs> which is great. So like lots of fetal movement, all the rest of it. I explain the whole situation to the nurses and the midwives and they're like, okay, we're gonna run some tests and make sure that it's not waters. So they can do a test there and there, which is like a pregnancy test, mm. but they can distinguish whether it's water from your womb or it's anything else yeah. so if it's like urine or sweat or god knows what else whatever reason there's water coming out of you they can test there and then so they did that straight up definitely not waters so they were like okay that's good yeah. let's let's you know we can take a little bit you of a chill pill the here issue. the biggest scariest thing is not an issue so yeah. that's good so they take a couple of swabs and like all right we're gonna let you go home if like you get a gush and you go into labor you need to immediately come back yeah but they were like we feel really comfortable they had a chat with my ob as well ob was like well she's got placenta previa so if there were waters it wouldn't probably actually be leaking out anyway yeah because nothing can get out oh, yeah through the cervix because i've got placenta previa so she was like look i don't think there's anything too concerning let's head back and i'm seeing my ob on monday anyway so she was like no it's all good don't worry about it if something obviously drastically happens please come back all good no worries so this was like the week just before I'd taken Ted to the GP. So I go home that night, everything's fine. I wake up the next day and I have this intense, like welt and rash all over my lady garden. Mm. And it is extremely painful and it's bleeding and I just freak out. Yeah, as you would. Because I'm like, what is actually happening to me? This is insane. Yeah. So when they did the swabs in the hospital, they were like, oh, it could just be like, you know, that you still have thrush, maybe. I don't know. We'll get it tested. But she wasn't sure. She was like, oh, it doesn't really look right. Like, I'm not sure. And she had noted that there was. So she said to me, like, oh, we can definitely see that there's a bit of irritation there. But, you know. I think it's fine. But like by the next day, it was full on. Yeah. And I was in so much pain. And like anyone who's had a natural birth can say like the day after, <laughs> there, there is a lot of pain down there and it makes everything difficult. Like walking, sitting, living is just uncomfortable. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, I'm sure everything's fine. We'll wait for the swabs to come back. You know, who knows what's going on? Take Ted to the doctor, deal with all his stuff. By the Monday when I was taking Ted to the doctor, I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Like I was actually taking Panadol just to deal with whatever was going on with me. Yeah. So I was convinced I had like some crazy like infection, something's awful. I was like, at least I know everything's fine with Emerson, yeah. but something's definitely wrong with me. So that's obviously like quite anxiety inducing in itself. Cause you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, have I picked something up? Like, how has this happened? How, yeah, how has this happened? It was mainly my thought process. And I was like, oh my God, like if this is some kind of weird infection on the outside, like if it sticks around, is that going to be a problem when Emerson comes along? Like, you know, you start running through all these crazy thoughts. And I'm like, nope, just leave it. Wait until yeah, everything results, comes but... back from the doctor. So by the Tuesday, it was so bad. I was like, I need to go and see a doctor. I hadn't heard from the hospital. And my OB is very like, if there's nothing to tell you, I won't. Yeah. She's very like, I will call you if something's wrong. Yeah. So my results had all come back negative, but she's a, you know, she's a busy lady. And there was no problem. So yeah. And nothing had come up. So she hadn't called me or anything. So by the Tuesday, I go to the GP and she's like, okay, well, I've never seen this before. And I was like, okay, well, that's not, not helpful. helpful. So anyway, she's like, oh, well, I'll do a few different swabs and we'll see if we can find anything couple of days go past everything comes back normal I call my OB everything's totally normal there and like today I'm pretty much back to normal yeah 
So just some weird side effect of the cream they gave you maybe or something. That's it. Ash is like, maybe it's a chemical burn. Like, you know, as it's come out, like what was leaking out was maybe like leftover cream or something from the infection that I'd had several weeks ago. And as it's come out, it's actually like burnt you. Burnt you. Yeah, burnt me. So it was really strange and just an absolute shit fight. So I was going through all of that while trying to manage Ted through his RSV and making sure he's okay and dealing with the steroids and it was just and then of course I have a cold on top of that and I was just like I can't believe this like this is just and I'm trying the whole time to be like you've only got you know 10 weeks left with your you know being pregnant to your last pregnancy trying to enjoy it I'm like I don't enjoy this I'm having a horrible time if you're that unwell and you're that miserable like understandably you're not no one's going to enjoy that no and it was really hard like I'm not a big crier I think we've spoken about this Mm. before I haven't even felt that super emotional over the course of my pregnancy like with Ted I'd cry at the drop of a hat for different reasons (laughs) but this time nothing like I'm not feeling like I feel like my normal self but like I just cried every single night because I was in so much pain no one knew what was wrong with me overwhelming and exhausting it's so hard and you're just like it's not just about me it's about the baby as well I'm like what if they've missed something what if this is some kind of like messed up cancer or something like what and you know being married to a doctor they will always like talk you down off a cliff but in a way that's like you're being ridiculous I think they find it hard to like find that empathy where like a non-medicated medical person would be like oh my god I totally understand why you'd be feeling like this and you know maybe it is something really bad and like they empathize with yeah. you a bit more my well, husband was just like, like what are you talking about <laughs> like no you're not gonna have cancer like it's not a you don't have an STD like you're okay I'm like oh something's horrible happening and, you know, like, granted, he looked and he was like, look, I am not telling you nothing's wrong. Something's going on there. But I don't think you're dying. So, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a tough couple of weeks. So that is why, guys, we didn't record last week because I was in hospital um, and I was just having a lot of problems. And I was just like, I don't think I can sit and have a chat and not just get cry hysterically throughout the whole thing, assuming that either my baby's going to fall out or I've got some like hideous plague disease. <laughs> so yeah, we weren't here last week. That's why. But you're in single digits now. But we're yeah. So um, today actually marks nine weeks to go. So similar to yourself. We won't make it to 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have placenta previa. I still have placenta previa. We will scan at 32 weeks again just to check, but we're at 29 weeks already. Still placenta previa. So the problem with Ted and why he had to be delivered by C-section is because he was Frank Breach and he was stuck. Mm. Emerson runs around my womb like a bandicoot. She has plenty of space. She's got the space, but the door's not opening. Yeah. So if by chance the placenta previa moves, I can probably look at trying for a VBAC, a vaginal birth after C-section. However, because I had a C-section not long ago, because Ted's only 15 months now, so he'll be 18 months, um, you know, since my last c-section the chance of things like the trying for a v-back and having the pressure pull the scar tissue where my c-section scar is is a little bit higher yeah so obviously that increases a little bit of a risk for trying with the v-back there is an like a, a small elevated risk of me rupturing my womb before we get to delivery mm-hmm. which sounds a little bit terrifying so Ted ended up, I went into spontaneous labor with him at 38 and four. So there's a good chance that my surgeon will want to get Emerson out before that time. Yeah. They always say like your second comes a little bit earlier. Yeah. So at this stage, we're looking at 37 and six. Mm-hmm. If my surgeon changes his mind over the next couple of weeks, then maybe we'll have another week or two. But at this stage, it's looking like we've got nine weeks to go coming up quick which is crazy so i think like the nesting kicked in this week Mm. for the first time 
since you know this whole pregnancy has happened yeah. I think I've been so focused on just giving Ted my all working trying to be a good mum trying to be a good wife like try to keep life as normal as possible for everyone around me mm. that I haven't had a lot of time to think oh I'm gonna have a baby yeah like I'm aware of it and people around me constantly remind me <laughs> and I have a huge belly so it's not something that I forget, but it's certainly not like... You're not actively preparing for it. <clears throat> no, and I think like with your first pregnancy, it's all you can think about. Everything mm-hmm. that you do, everything, every second of your day is like revolved. I'm my oven clean next week professionally because it hasn't been done in years. It drives me insane. <laughs> I'm planning a bond cleaner for like yeah. moving, getting rid of all the furniture we don't need, having the house professionally clean. My husband's like, we still have like months to go. And I'm like, yeah, but I need this place cleared out. I need yeah. spotless light. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, it, it is your one and only focus because mm. it's happening to you, it's your first time and around. And another little person to look after. No, so, yeah. yeah, and I think that is something I probably didn't really recognise and I feel guilty about it because I'm like, I don't feel like I've given the pregnancy with Emerson enough time and attention, but I just, I'm maxed out, I don't yeah. have time. I'm like, I will give her everything when she gets here, mm. but I don't want to take away from Ted either yeah. in this time because I know his world is going to change really soon. Yeah. And I've even noticed like when on the weekends, so Ash and I generally have Friday, Saturday, Sunday together, mm. and then usually one of us is working at some point over those three days, but more or less they're like family time. I've noticed when Ted has the option of a preference of one or the other, he will always now go to Ash. So... I mean, that's a good thing in terms of, like, when Emmy comes, he's not going to struggle as much because they've had all this time to bond and there is that preference that's quite strong at the moment. And also, like, Ted and I, Monday to Thursday, it's just him and I. We're always together other than when I'm not sick and he's not sick and we have those three hours over the course of the week where he's in creation, I'm at the gym. Other than that, it is just the two of us. Yeah all the time so i can understand why he's starting a novelty to have dad at home on the weekend yeah i think so so i can get from his perspective why like that preference is building mm-hmm. and it's going to be good it'll make the transition easier ash and i have started to make some plans and decisions around when i have when i give birth mm-hmm. so the night that i or day that i go in and have the baby uh emerson we will leave ted with his grandparents Mm -hmm. and then ash will probably stay with me maybe that first night Mm -hmm. and ted will be with his grandies he's done one overnight stay before we were trying to squeeze in another one but i'm not sure if it will get there um because i ended up being sick and had to cancel a bunch of plans when he was supposed to go to his grandparents because i was dying (laughs) um (laughs) dying not dying (laughs) and then from there I think they'll just come and visit me during the day for a couple of hours on and off so Ash's gonna be on pat leave for six weeks so it'll just be him and Ted really coming to visit me for a couple hours a day during in the hospital they might do sort of like a morning visit head home for the nap the Ted snap and then come and do an afternoon visit maybe have dinner all together yeah and then they'll head home and I'll just be in the hospital by myself with the baby yeah so most likely gonna have a c-section so I have to be in the hospital for five days yeah. everyone has said to me don't rush home no. the urge will be there to want to be at home with your toddler and you'll miss them but the thing is you that, then have an infant and toddler for a very long time after that. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, no, don't. Like, precious moments of just looking after one baby while you're also recovering from ma- massive surgery. Mm. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. It's like you're in the hospital, you've got your nurses, you've got your midwives, you've got your OBs on call. If anything goes wrong, the right people are around you. Take advantage of the quiet. Yeah, exactly. With a newborn, just a newborn. Yeah, exactly. And just being able to, like, establish breastfeeding in that time. So by the time we get home, my milk will be in. We'll have some kind of a semblance of what the days and nights will look like, depending on what kind of baby she is, if she's really colicky or if she's a good sleeper or if she struggles with feeding or if she's okay. We should have a bit of an idea of what her 
personality is going to be like. Adjust to her first before you go into the mix of two. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to keep try and keep Ted's week as normal as possible. So I should go in for my C-section on the Friday. Ash will stay with me on the Friday night. Usually Ted will do swimming on the Saturday. So I think he'll probably miss that one, mm. but then we're just trying to keep the rest of the week and the weekend as normal yeah. for him. So he'll still go to music on the Monday. If, if the term's running, he'll still do all his normal activities because that's what everyone has said to me, yeah. right? Your new baby will fit in with your toddler. Yeah. It's much easier because they don't have a routine. They don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. They're all over the place anyway. Whereas your toddler, like you want to keep that. They know they running certain things to happen exactly and I think that's always easier in terms of managing their moods as well so Ted's going to be 18 months old which is a bit of a time for like mood swings and struggling to comprehend different things going on so we'll try and keep his life as normal as possible and just try and get the baby to fit in but you know we started to like move around furniture we've gotten different kind of furniture i've set up a change table in our bedroom i've started ordering a few things for her specifically so she has her own bath towel and she has her own bassinet sheet just so she has i don't want her to have to constantly have everything secondhand Mm. like i've kept so much stuff like almost everything from Ted. So she'll have lots of options, but I think it's just nice that they can have some things that are for themselves. So those little things I'm starting to like organize now, Ted's kind of weaning almost completely off the bottle. So I put them all away. Like it's just been like little steps and things that I'm starting to put into place because I'm like, oh, we're down to single digits. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Which feels really crazy. And time just flies. Like, I think I said it to you the other day, like, my sister-in-law is due to have a baby um, in September, so Mm. we're planning to go and just be there. So if she needs anything, great. If she doesn't, we'll just be in the area, you know. Um, So we were planning all of that, and, you know, we're going to drive down because we'll be there for a week and we want to have our car and all that kind of thing. And then it dawned on me that I'm going to be 20 weeks pregnant at the time. And then I was like, crap, that might be the last, I guess, big trip where we're gone for a little while. I might take comfortably. So then I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to fit in visits to see my grandparents while we're there because everyone's down south and I don't know that I will get back down there. Yeah. It just feels like time just goes by so quickly. Yeah. This whole year has gone so quickly. Like the fact that it's August is blowing my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I found out I was pregnant like late January. Yeah. And now like what? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like so when I first – graduated from the IVF clinic mm. in seven weeks and they were like so you know we'll check in with you let us know if you need anything but otherwise our next point of contact will be 14 weeks and I was like 14 oh, weeks that feels so away, far like, away months away and you know like will we even get to that point what's going on and then they rang me and they're like so it's 14 weeks how are you and I was like oh shit it's yeah how, how did how that did happen? happen like mm-hmm. time just I know yeah. and it's such a strange thing when you're like counting weeks yeah i don't know if there's much other time in your life where you're like maybe if you're counting down to a holiday or something (laughs) like and it just feels like time just rushes by you Mm. and you're like oh wait hang on how how's another week gone past i don't like i feel like i'm losing track of what week i am when people are like oh where are you at and i have to check my phone because i'm like I have no idea. It's August. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. My baby will be here the first week of October. I am not okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just going so quickly. So, yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a really hectic couple of weeks. And I'm just, I'm so glad that you're feeling a bit more smooth sailing. Yeah. Because I it's think been but super for me, stressful. It's for you. just the anxiety and the mental health is the biggest thing for me. And although it's getting slightly better, but having a plan for. And because, you know, my GP said the other day, she said, you're going to be someone who, yes, you'll feel better when you can feel him move. But if you don't feel him move for half a day, you're also someone who's going to panic at that yeah. too. So having just, I'm like, you know what, I can manage it. I'm good. Like, and I was adamant, like, I am not going back on medication. I mm-hmm. didn't like the anti-anxiety meds. I didn't mm-hmm. like the antidepressants. I hated them. I was like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, but a good psychologist will just give you different techniques yeah. and ways to get through these panic instances you're going to have yeah. or when these dark thoughts come in because yeah. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like, I just tell myself it's, it's irrational, it's not true. But 
doesn't help with the thought lingers. You're like, no, exactly. in the back yeah. of your head and I'm like, this is going to manifest into a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about getting like that psych help when you're going through something that is rather traumatic. And it doesn't matter if you have a good pregnancy, a bad pregnancy, whether you've had any experience before or you've had eight kids, mm. like I don't think anyone moves through this completely unscathed. No. So I think that putting your hand up and saying, I need the extra tools, I need extra support in this situation is so, so helpful. Yeah. You've been through so much to get to this point. I don't think anyone could get where you are and just be like, la-di-da, I'm all good. And I've had people say to me who've never had a hiccup, who've gotten pregnant naturally right away, mm. still say that they've been anxious the entire oh, yeah. time. Like, yeah. There are very few people who go through pregnancy without stressing or worrying yeah. that you know something is wrong or something's going to be wrong. Yeah. And so to be someone who's had years and years of mm. this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, it just almost feels surreal that yeah. there's actually nothing wrong at the moment. Yeah. Like everyone that this morning I went in to get some more medications from the IVF clinic and I don't see them so much anymore. Like I mm. only see them now when I'm picking up some medication. Um, and it's surreal that they're like, oh, my God, like it's lovely to see you. Look, you've got a yeah. little baby bump. Like how are you going? And I'm like, it's crazy because I remember being – a patient in the middle of my cycles and seeing those women come in and feeling like I would never get to them yeah. and I was not going to be one of them. And I was like, oh, yeah. you know, like, how are they doing this? And now it's like, holy shit. Like, well, it's actually happening that, that, that's to me you. Now. Like, yeah. I'm the yeah. pregnant lady who's waddling in to get my meds and go and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and it is really like that, I think, because it has been such a long road. Mm. Even like, you know, when it, people like my mum will ask, how's Amy doing? Or I should be like, where are they at? What's their week? Like, it feels surreal to be having those conversations yeah. because it's always been like, oh, well, we're waiting to see or we just did a transfer or I feel like I'm your husband in half <laughs> of this. And I'm like, oh, well, we're just nervously waiting. We're on the three-day wait and we've got to do this. We've got to do that. I feel like I'm your correspondent yeah. for my extended family who are all rooting for you guys as well. And now I'm like, yeah, everything's great. And it's just, it's, it's crazy so weird. Like a of stress and worry. Or yeah. Like, Everything's okay and everything looks like it's going to be okay. Everything's and beautiful. It's just managing my crazy brain now. Yeah, and you send me the little videos and pictures and, yeah. like, there's your baby. And it's crazy because, like, he's a fully form. Like, he has fingers. Yeah. And, like, it's going to sound silly, but he has a little penis. We saw it. Yeah. And the lady's like, it's the size of a grain of rice. And I was like, yeah, but it's weird. Like, yep. And then I've had a few scans that have been quite long scans. And, like, so we've been able to see the cycle of, him drinking the fluid, going mm-hmm. through his kidney and his bladders mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And you wish they heart pumping and the yeah. valves and the heart are pumping blood. Yeah. And, and she's explaining, but she's like, they were specific explaining to me how the kidneys and the filtration and the digestive system worked. Yeah. And I was lying there and my husband was with me and I went, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, like, I couldn't help it. And the, the sonographer looked at me and laughed and she's like, but it's so, I'm like, I get that it's normal, but it's still gross. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> wild when you're thinking about it and you're sitting there especially like when you when you start to feel the move as well like ash has he's so interested and emerson he can feel so much more than ted yeah because ted was stuck and emmy's not he couldn't really feel that much he sort of would feel like a faint kind of like tapping Mm. but with emerson you can literally feel when she is just like elbows to my navel (laughs) like you can feel like a little bone pressing on the outside and he's just like oh my god it's just insane and it's almost like I feel kind of sad that they will never get to experience that yeah like our partners will never know what it's like to have a little heart beating inside of you that's not your own yeah and it, it just it it throws me like every time they explain to me something else that he's doing or is happening like you know, there was another skin where he was standing bolt upright and it almost looked like he was doing the running man on mm-hmm. his block because the little legs went a million. <laughs> and I was like, that's currently happening in, in me. Yeah, like, yeah, I what? know. Yep. And, like, it still just feels so surreal that it's not a little embryo. And it's not a no. little blast of cells. Like, it's an actual little fully formed yeah, human being who human. is just going to grow in size now. Yeah. Um, and it's this creepy thing that started happening this week where he rolls over and looks at the camera and they've still got that <laughs> weird alien black face because yeah. you just see the lenses of the eye. Yeah. And I was like, oh, And my there's God. no fat on their faces no, yet. No, they're all so, and bone. So, yeah. And I... Like, so, you know, the normal, you know, the beautiful little side profile picture you can A side get. profile is beautiful. Perfect. And that's how we started off. 
and then he rolled over slowly to look and I was like it feels like something from Predator is looking into yeah. itself. Like yeah. what is going I on know is it's terrifying. Scary. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, it's just because his little eyes are bulging out because, mm. you know, they don't have no. the cheeks and yeah, stuff exactly. yet. Like it's just to make basic structures. And I was like, it's terrifying. And yeah. like I grew that. Mm-hmm. Like that thing is mm-hmm. actually, yeah. I know. Do you have the app that shows you like how big their hands and feet yeah. are? Yeah. I love looking at that. I always, like, put it up against my belly, and I'm like, there's two of these in here, and there's two little hands. I came home the other day after my last scan, and they gave me, obviously, like, the measurements of what he was crowned to lump and what his little legs are measuring, and, you know, and I was like, this is weird. So I actually got the ruler out, and I drew it out. Yeah, good. picture it, and I was like... Oh my god, this is my baby. I was like, look at this. He's like, what? This is the size. I'm like, like it's skinny, obviously, but like this is what is inside of it. He's like, oh my god, what are you? Like he laughed and he's like, what? I'm like, but I couldn't picture it. Yeah. And it is pretty weird as well because like when they've got the probe on you, it is really hard when they're like, oh, he's face up. I'm like, up where though? Like, what's up? What's up? Like, what's up to in a womb? Like, as in his head is facing my head or like his head's facing out or like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But yeah, it's so strange. The miracle of birth. (laughs) And it explains why you're so bloody tight. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole nother second functioning human inside of you. Yeah, exactly. Also, you're probably going to get really hungry in the next couple of weeks. So it's brace for that. I had no appetite so I know. far. Like, even though I don't feel nauseous, I just don't really ever feel hungry. Yeah. Red apples, though. Red apples, it's so strange. Not really, <laughs> my husband's a big fruit and veggie eater. Yeah. He's like, it's definitely my kid because, like, as a kid, all he wanted to eat was fruit. Yeah. But I'm not, like, I enjoy some fruit, but I've never been someone who's like, oh, my God, I'd die for an apple. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't sit down and be like, give me a fruit salad. Yeah, like. Typical Amy is like, give me a pasta, give yeah. me – and now the thought of pasta makes me want to hurl. I'm like, well, yeah. oh, it's too heavy. But, you know, I can eat three red apples in one sitting and yeah. that's completely fine. Just take whatever it is that the baby is asking for. But, yeah, you will start to like – as you move through that second trimester, you'll have a day where you just want to eat everything in your entire house and the next day you'll be like, oh, food's gross. I'm looking <laughs> – I'm really hoping it kicks in sooner rather than later because I feel like – even last night, we were like, oh, what do I want to do for dinner? And everything that my husband suggested, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> it all just feels too heavy and too much. And, yeah. like, the appetite is just. Just awful. eating bowls of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. I'm looking forward to the want for food to come back. It will. It will come for you like a <laughs> savage beast. And you'll be like, oh, my God, all I do is eat all day. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I think that's probably a, a bit of a wrap on what has been going on and where we're at in terms of our pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So I am now in my third trimester. You're in number two mm-hmm. and the countdown is on for me. And yes. for you, the countdown on, is on for making sure that you feel like you want to eat something. Yes. <laughs> and just watching that little baby grow. Yeah. Which is so exciting. So we may be a little bit more sparse depending on how we're feeling and what's happening. So if you don't hear from us every week, we might, you know, be coming to you fortnightly on occasion from now on, just depending on where we are and what's happening and, you know, life. If we continue to have these. So (laughs) let's say that this is a weekly-ish podcast and say that we are either going to release every week or every fortnight to you. If we go MIA one week, we're fine, probably. We're just... to keep up with everything well if you keep an eye on the socials you'll know because that's where we do update so if you jump on tiktok or instagram or the facebook page you'll see what we're doing and if we are not going to release something we will let you know there mm-hmm. all right well that's it from us this week guys hopefully we'll see you next week <laughs> if not have a wonderful week wherever you're at in your pregnancy and motherhood journeys we'll talk to you later bye bye